Well, the presiding officers uh, have since uh, made a thorough assessment. Uh, as the Speaker of the National Assembly said yesterday, a realistic assessment of the situation, uh, taking into consideration that uh, the State of the Nation Address is a key event, uh, not only of Parliament, but in the country. And uh, its image uh, is very important, and uh, it needs to be guarded. So and therefore, they have taken a decision that uh, the environment and the situation is not uh, conducive can you uh, share with us a successful state of the nation address. Can you share with us the details of that assessment, when it was conducted, how and by whom? Well, the presiding officers themselves have looked at the situation. They have looked at the calls that have been made. They have looked at uh, the political, the prevailing political environment, and uh, they have decided that uh, it, it will be best in the best interest of uh, the state of the nation address, parliament and uh, the country if it is uh, shifted by a few days. You remember that uh, when uh, the, uh, the request for postponement was made by the leader of the, uh, of the opposition, uh, there were specific requests that were made at that time, which uh, the speaker responded to. But uh, a, a thorough assessment has since been conducted and hence the decision of yesterday. So what are the details of that assessment? You say it's a thorough assessment. So what was done? How was it done? And what did it reveal? Well, I can't go into details, like in a, uh, uh, except that uh, it was a thorough assessment, except that... Uh, it is, uh, it is something that uh, the, the presiding officers have said uh, they have looked at, uh, including NDAs and with uh, the President of the Republic, as you know. Uh, he is the one who constitutionally uh, takes uh, a decision with regard to the uh, scheduling of uh, the State of the Nation address. And uh, having had a meeting with him uh, yesterday, also a subsequent meeting with uh, the leaders of uh, the opposition parties and uh, like I'm saying uh, uh, other stakeholders and uh, uh, so that is uh, that is uh, that is essentially the assessment that uh, I'm referring to. If you can't go into detail Mr. Motapa can you give us an overview of what some of the more pertinent considerations were that led to this decision? Second, I thought that I've given such a summary because I'm saying that uh, there were no. I said that uh, there are a number of uh, consultations that took place, and I've just mentioned um, uh, the key stakeholders that uh, are uh, are part of the process. uh, Chief amongst which is the state of uh, is the state president, and the meeting took place yesterday. It's a very uh, key uh, consideration. Uh, the meeting with the opposition parties that took place yesterday, uh, and a general assessment of uh, uh, the situation, including those calls that have been made. So, uh, obviously, those conditions that you are talking about now were prevalent last week already, and yet there was an undertaking that the State of the Nation address would proceed. But all of that aside, because I don't think we're going to get anywhere there because you're not going to share the details of that assessment with us. So um, in terms of just the manpower, the resources, all the arrangements around SONA, how much of a logistical um, situation, a predicament, is it causing to rearrange the SONA? Well, we are unable to give you the full assessment of the situation at the moment, uh, but uh, 
As the presiding officer said yesterday, it should not be postponed by many days. It should not be too long. Uh, it, should, it should be uh, a, a, something like a week. Uh, obviously, uh, that impacts on the program of parliament. It impacts uh, in one way or another uh, on some of the arrangements that uh, have been taking place. But we can't quantify that at the moment. So uh, we were told about a budget of 4.3 million rand for uh, this year's State of the Nation address. So how much of that budget was spent on this particular SONA that has now been postponed? You can only give uh, the full amount of what was actually spent after the State of the Nation address has taken place. Uh, as the presiding officer said yesterday, there is uh, 4.2 or 3 million that is budgeted. But that does not necessarily mean that uh, that is the exact amount that will be spent towards the State of the Nation address. Uh, as per the previous trends, spending trends of the State of the Nation address, there will be a certain amount that is budgeted, but what is actually spent it will be far less than what has been uh, budgeted. So you won't be needing any more money? No, 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 no. Uh, there, is, there, is, uh, there is no way that there will be additional uh, uh, budget to, 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 as a result of this. And is there any indication as to when we will get the new date for a SONA? Well, uh, uh, it has been said yesterday that uh, this should not be uh, should not take too long, considering that uh, there is a, 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 a budget speech that is scheduled for the 23rd of February, uh, and we know that uh, it it uh, it, uh, it has to be preceded by the State of the Nation address. So those uh, matters considered. Uh, that should not take too long to uh, to determine the date. All right, Moloto Matapa, we'll leave it there. The spokesperson for Parliament uh, giving us uh, what he can about uh, this postponement of the State of the Nation address, I suppose. It's 19 minutes after 7, and we found him here in uh, the parking lot at the SABC <laughs> and dragged him into studio. Uh, Mr. Dalian Pofu, Chairperson of the um, Economic Freedom Fighters, thanks for coming in. Good morning, Sakina, and your listeners. So naturally, uh, we want your reaction to the postponement of SONA. We know that um, you did agitate to have the State of the Nation address uh, actually postponed, but more importantly, you didn't want Jacob Zuma to be the one delivering the State of the Nation address. So what's your reaction? Well, obviously we welcome it uh, to the extent that, as you correctly say, we insisted and uh, I, I need to emphasize this, that we did this in December. So it's not as if we just started last week after the ANC conference, we wrote a letter to uh, Balagambet and said we'll be moving a motion of no confidence, which must happen before the SONA, because we wanted to give a chance to convene parliament. That was even before the impeachment um, uh, judgment. And um, and and she dilly-dallied as usual. And now the, the we are very happy because what we said, ours was a principled position. Whether the sauna was today, tomorrow, next year, in a hundred years' time, we just said the motion of no confidence in Jacob Zuma must happen before that. So uh, we, we stick by that. So to the extent that the postponement um, opens way for either the motion of no confidence to be moved or for Zuma's uh, voluntary uh, uh, resignation, then it's, it, we will welcome it to, to that extent. So, um, hypothetically, if uh, President Jacob Zuma were to still emerge as the person who would deliver the State of the Nation address, hypothetically speaking, that is, 
What would be your response to that as the that, EFF? That's not going to happen, Sakina. What we, if it does? It's not going to happen. Not, <laughs> not Well, at least we are not going to. We hope that all South Africans actually will call for a switch off of all television sets. We certainly will not listen to Jacob Zuma giving us a so-called state of the nation. That's the biggest insult you can meet out to South Africans. Somebody whose own party has said he's on his way out, uh, but they want a so-called dignified exit, my foot. But uh, the, the, you know, and, and we must listen to him giving us the plans of what's going to happen in the next three years. Waste more money. Mulotomitabu, this four million rand is actually a, a ruse as well. Four million rand is what they have budgeted as, as the legislature. The money that was going to be spent is much more than 10 million rand. Remember, the executive also has to budget for this. Even the judiciary has to budget for this. And, and so it's a lot of taxpayers' money that was going to be wasted in some ceremonial, uh, nonsensical speech by somebody who, is, who belongs in jail, basically. So that, from that point of view, I mean, we would never, never, never uh, listen to Jacob Zuma. And if they make that mistake, especially now, having raised the hopes of uh, South Africans, then they must expect uh, quite a lot of, 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 of reaction and protest from us. So uh, you are in agreement then with this decision that was ultimately taken, regardless of what the reasoning of the presiding officers may be? Yeah, well, we're in agreement to, on the fact that Jacob Zuma is not going to give uh, the State of the Nation address, if that is what's going, not going to happen. If it's the opposite, well, we're in huge, huge disagreement, and we will demonstrate that disagreement. As we said last week, since they refused, remember last week there was the big uh, press conference, now Mutapo tells us that there was a thorough assessment. Why didn't they say that last Thursday when they had a press conference? No, we're still doing a thorough assessment. They said no. Over our dead bodies, it's going to happen on the 8th, uh, whoever is the president, blah, 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 blah. The truth is that these people are considering the personal interests of Jacob Zuma. They are considering the political fortunes of the ANC. That's what it, what it is. So they were, now that there was going to be an NEC meeting, so they thought, okay, let's postpone to allow the NEC meeting. And, and this is consistent with the Zuma and ANC regime. They've told us in, in no uncertain terms that the ANC for them comes before the country. And that's the difference between what's happening now and what happened in 2008, for example. Because there, when Tabombeki was told by his party that he must go, he, he had to put the interests of the country uh, uh, at first. And he had to then make sure that there was a, a stable transition. This lot, because they are fearing going to jail, all of them, I mean, somebody joked that if the police came into uh, this ANC, NEC meeting, so many people would run away because they'd think that they are the ones who are being fetched. And that is what is driving this. So they're worried about their cabinet post. They're worried about uh, what's going to happen to the ANC next year. They're worried about whether Zuma is going to go to jail. And we can't let a country be put on this kind of uh, anxiety and uncertainty over the interests of one person. So what's the next step for the EFF? Well, um, look, we were going to go to court today, actually, uh, if, the, if yesterday they hadn't uh, agreed on the, on the postponement. Um, and it was on the basis of, well, we did our own thorough assessment, Mr. Mutapo. So we were going to base that to show that it, what they said last week was irrational. Fortunately, they seem to have realized that themselves. So what we're going to do now 
is to do what we do best, which is to put pressure. Uh, the only reason that these people are moving uh, like this is because we put maximum pressure on them. We told them that the sun is, is not going to happen. And now and again, they concede and they say, look, the so-called political environment means that it was going to be a difficult sauna. That's political speak for saying that the, the, the EFF was going to ensure that the ANC does not get away with this. And we will never let the ANC get away with this. And uh, at the risk of repeating myself, South Africans must remember that we said this in 2015, in 2016, in 2017, and we were going to say it now in 2018. So for us, it's not a, a question of fashion. It's something, it's a matter of deep principle that a, a constitutional delinquent such as Jacob Zuma has no right to stand there and uh, giggle away uh, at South Africans uh, when he has committed so many crimes, when he, he the, his, his Guptas. Actually, I'm sure part of this delaying tactics is maybe to allow the Guptas to clean up the money and take it to Dubai. So we must be very alert of all these uh, delays. What, what, why is he, if he's, he's going, is he buying it two days here, three days there? It might be part of the rot that we have faced. And that's the reaction from the EFF's uh, chairperson, Dali Mpofu, stopping by this morning. And uh, to get more on this uh, of, uh, the situation as it is unfolding, some analysis on the matter, we're joined by constitutional law expert and academic associate at UCT, Humoto Moshikaro. Humoto, thanks for speaking to us this morning. Uh, good morning. So one of the things that has been missing for me in this whole discussion has been the legality that underpins these decisions that are being taken by the presiding officers in Parliament. Are you able to shed more light on this? Yes. So there are two questions when it comes to the legality of the recent decisions. The first is um, the decision by the Speaker to postpone, and the second more fundamental question is who is empowered legally to remove the President? The first decision, so the first question is pretty clear. Um, the Speaker has every right um, under her powers to determine parliamentary process to decide when the state of the nation may actually be held. She's the only um, legally empowered official who can actually make that kind of determination. The second question about who may remove the president is also a pretty clear-cut one, despite whatever political organizations may believe, and that is... The only people who can remove a president against his will are the people who appointed him, and that is Parliament. And so there would need to be a parliamentary sitting to decide that matter. Whether that happens before or after the state of the nation is neither here nor there when it comes to the legality of the issue. And also with regard to the State of the Nation address preceding the budget uh, uh, delivery. And, uh, you know, is that uh, basically dependent? Is the budget dependent on uh, the State of the Nation address going before it? Um, Legally, there's no express requirement that there must be a State of the Nation address and then a budgetary speech based on that State of the Nation address. But, of course, that's just good and sound policy making. You would never want... Um, a budget to precede the priorities and the agenda set down by a president. Notionally, it works the other way around, and that's just a matter of logic. But as for express constitutional requirements, I don't believe that there are any for that. So uh, can the State of the Nation address be foregone altogether, legally? Legally, I don't believe a State of the Nation address necessarily can be foregone altogether, um, Parliament certainly has the right to demand that the President appear before it in order to assess the state of the nation and lay out 
his agenda. They can certainly demand that, um, and, the, and the president cannot refuse. Um, however, as for when it may happen, um, that's another question. And is it only the president who can deliver the State of the Nation address? Well, yes, it would be the president or his duly appointed official. So the president may, of course, delegate such powers, notionally, um, to the deputy president or another cabinet minister, but it would still be his agenda, and it would have to be with his consent. It cannot be the ANC instructing someone to deliver the state of the nation. It must be the president of the republic instructing such a person for a lawful delegation to occur. Well, Humoto Mushikaro, thanks so much for your time this morning. Uh, Humoto is a constitutional law expert and academic associate at the University of Cape Town.